Awesome job. Thank you so much, worship team, for sharing with us this morning. Appreciate you guys. Good morning again, family. Here we are. This is it. It's go time. <laughs> it's good to be here with you this morning. This time it feels like for real. <laughs> like I'm here today, but I'll also be here again next week. And then next week, and you guys can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited so so much to be here with you guys and to celebrate. Um, I know that this is something that the Lord has had in store, well, certainly for a lot longer than any of us ever knew. But I know that um, he has amazing, amazing things set in store for us. Uh, you know, um, for those of you who haven't been able to meet yet or shake your hand, my name is Ed Pichette. Um, I've been here living on Aquinnick Island and serving um, some different mis- uh, ministries, different capacities for, yikes, almost 10 years now. 2008 is when we started uh, here in this area. And so um, the middle of this year, so the summer of this year, is when there started to be these little rumblings of Pastor Mike taking on a new assignment and then the steering committee taking me in to interview and talk about taking this position. And sure enough, the Lord gave confirmation after confirmation after confirmation that this is where he was bringing us together, Graceway Church and my family, and bringing us here. And I'm excited for that because I know, I know that even this is just the beginning of some great things ahead. And so even as he did do that and confirm that, this is going back to, I want to say August, um, it, it came with a, in the right time. And so this is why we've had kind of this, almost like a, like a pause, this, time, this season of, of in-between, if you will. And so uh, it's been an interesting few months, I'm sure, on all of our parts. Um, but I'm glad to be here today and to have that season of preparation, I think, in my heart and each one of our hearts come to fruition for this very moment for today. Um, I also want to take a minute to acknowledge um, some of the guys uh, who really stepped up uh, for some of the teaching. And uh, Manny, thank you so much for covering the teaching. Wednesday night Bible study. Sunday morning Bible study, Thursday night Bible study. <laughs> thank you so much for carrying that load through the season of, of transition. I also want to especially thank Clark. Thank you so much for all of your work. He's back in the sound booth now. He certainly doesn't stop. He keeps going. And as you know, he's carried um, the bulk of the, uh, the Sunday morning preaching. And he's also behind the scenes throughout the week been kind of the go-to guy when something has needed to get done around the church. We're all nagging at Clark. And uh, But he's been there. He's always responded quickly and making sure that everything gets done. So Clark, thank you so much. I know that the Father, um, that, that doesn't go unseen, and the Father will, will bless that those efforts. Um, I also wanted to give Clark an opportunity too. Clark, if you want to come forward, because his wife um, this week, um, some pretty cool stuff has happened in her, in her life, so I want to give him an opportunity to share that. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I think a couple of weeks ago, one of the things I shared with you was that faith is not believing that God can, but that He will. And um, it's not always in ways that we would expect. The world would have said, 17 months out of being diagnosed with stage three pancreatic cancer that my wife should have died 12, 13 months ago. Wednesday, she had her operation. 
after 10 hours of surgery, the doctor came down and he gave me the blessed news that uh, despite all the obstacles that the enemy could throw uh, in her way and in the doctor's way, barring anything different in the cultures, her cancer has been completely removed. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And I want to... I especially want to thank everybody here who's been praying for her. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Clark, so much. And um, one thing that Clark didn't mention either was the fact that she had this operation on Wednesday and not a year or two years ago because she wasn't even well enough to undergo the procedure. The tumor shrank enough so that they were finally able to operate. And that is our God. That is your God. He is faithful and he is our healer. And at times he may work in supernatural ways that it's like, whoa, I don't even understand that. And at times he may work through medicine or through doctors, but the Lord is sovereign through it all. He is the one in control and he is our healer. And so that's our God. Drop the mic. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to open with a scripture. I'm going to read from you from Psalm 34. Just a few verses from Psalm 34. And if you want to turn there, feel free. If not, just listen into this. This is a psalm of David before he was appointed king. He said this, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Hey, buddy. How did you escape? Verse 2, I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted, let the afflicted, Hear and rejoice, even in their affliction. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. I feel like that's my testimony right there, all summed up in verse 6. This poor man called, and the Lord heard me. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Verse 8, taste and see for yourself. Little commentary. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Let's take just a minute to pray together. God, you are a good God. And I thank you, Father God, that in your goodness, you are the Almighty One, Father. You have the last say at the end of the day and every moment throughout it, too. God, we look to you, Father God, through the times in our life, Lord God, where we don't know where to look, where we don't quite understand the circumstances or what is happening around us or how you could possibly work in our lives and the situations that we find ourselves in. We raise our, our, our eyes to you in trust, knowing that you are the God who intervenes on our behalf. Our very purpose from the beginning was to fellowship with you, and that purpose has not changed. You want us for yourselves. And I thank you that you don't hold anything back to bring us to yourselves. And so today, oh God, may today be a day of declaration that our God is good. And that you are doing amazing things in our life, Jesus. God, we love you and we look to you. In your name we pray. Amen.
I just want to give you um, a little bit of uh, back, back, and background information of myself, for, again, for those who I haven't yet been able to meet or share any of my story. In 2008 is when I started, actually, as the youth pastor at the Evangelical Friends Church, about two minutes that way. And I worked there with Pastor Paul and Sandy and a number of the, the elders and stuff there at the church for about five years. Uh, amazing ministry. Pastor Paul is a great man, so many admiral characteristics. One thing that really stands out for him is his diligence. He sees what the Lord has put on his heart, and then he's focused and, and persistent in that. It's amazing. He'll be with us here tonight as we celebrate the, the dedication service tonight as well, so that'll be fun. So I was there for five years until 2013, and during that year, the Lord began to stir some things in my spirit. I, I, I felt like he was kind of like shifting me in another direction, though I had really no clue what that really looked like. And by the end of two thir- 2013, I ended up leaving the French church, and I've been working since then. I worked at the Pell Elementary School, working with kids there. And, uh, and then for the past couple of years, I've been at His Providence Church, which is about 40 minutes north and east of us. And um, they've got an amazing ministry there, amazing church, um, surrounded by really great people. And so it's been, it's been uh, an interesting ride to this point, but I'll tell you, through every point that he brought me, and even especially as going to His Providence Church here in Seacock, the burden that the two burdens that the Lord has placed upon my heart that are probably stronger than than any other never left. He gave me two burdens, and one of those burdens was for the fractured body of Christ, the division within the body of Christ, our churches, which, with rather than acknowledging one another as family, brothers and sisters, and collaborators, we see one another oftentimes as competitors. We kind of take this territorial kind of attitude, which is not of God. And so this is a burden that the Lord has placed upon my heart that has never left. And the second burden is the burden for Rhode Island, but especially right here where we're standing on Aquidneck Island. And so even as he, he, for a season, brought me off the island to minister, the burden for this place, my home, only grew stronger. And it's something, to be honest with you, that I wrestled with all while I was there. This turmoil feeling like this is where God has planted our family. This is where we live. This is where the kids go to school. This is where we do our daily life. And then we drive away from our community to minister to God's people. And so for some people, I understand that that's a call, maybe a more regional church, a regional type of ministry. But the thing that he's placed upon our hearts is, is home. This is where we live. This is where we serve. And so I can't tell you how excited I was when the Lord did confirm that this is where he was bringing us. Because I'll tell you, when, when the opportunity was first put, put before us, I said, no, that doesn't line up with anything that, that the Lord was doing with, with, with our lives at the time. It didn't match up. And so I said, no, no, I, I'll pray about it and I'll honor the invitation. But it didn't seem right. And it was only a matter of, I want to say, within was it two weeks? Within two weeks, was that? Yeah, that um, the Lord gave the confirmation to the call. And so at the same time, I was a little hesitant. I was like, yes, I'm coming home. <laughs> so I'm excited to be home here where the Lord, the Lord has, has, um, has planted us. Um, 
Thank you. That's right. That's, that's, the, that's the saying around here, isn't it? <laughs> I, through, the, through the process, I have so many thoughts going through my mind. I, what I want to make sure I take time to do is acquaint you with myself. I want you to know who I am. I want you to know who my wife and, and my kids are. To me, the thing that I value hugely is transparency. You should know who's standing before you and who's speaking to you. Because the person speaking words, the person behind those words is what gives it weight, gives it, helps give it meaning sometimes. And this is why when the Lord speaks the word of God, the word of God is what stands at the, at the end of the day, the most powerful thing. He, his word, when he speaks it, it is as good as done. And all we do is wait to see it come to completion. See, I think in the, in, in the beginning of this new year, the first Sunday of 2018, it's like a new beginning. You know, we think the scripture and those first few words in, in Genesis, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And when I think about that, in the beginning, God, I spent some time reflecting on that and just the importance of our acknowledging God. At every beginning, God. In the morning, when we raise our head up off the pillow, God, thank you for this new day. When we sit at the breakfast table and, and, and start eating our food, God, thank you for this, for this food. When we get in our car, God, thank you for this car. In the beginning, at every moment, God. It's so quick. It's, it, we're, we're, we are so quick of a people to, to be distracted this way and that. And we're concerned about the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And he's just saying, just, just be. Just be, because I am God. He says in the Psalms, be still and know that I am God. We're always thinking about the next thing. I talk about this time of transition from EFC after he guided me out of there in 2013, and I didn't know where I was going. I knew he was telling me to, to go somewhere, but I didn't know where. And so I, I you know, prayed and fasted for the Lord. Say, just, just, I'm ready to, to jump on the horse and start moving. Just tell me what you want me to do. And in that moment, I wasn't really getting anything from him until I'm driving down the road. I'm driving down the rotary over by the shell station, and all of a sudden, it just hits me. And he, and he speaks to me loud and clear. He says, I'm not telling you your next directive, because if I do, that immediately becomes your focus. Because sometimes we understand the work, our task, and our task becomes our focus in priority even to the Lord God, the one who is giving the task. And so that was a reminder to me at every beginning, at every season, and every moment, God must be first. He must be our priority. He is the one who keeps our vision clear, keeps it from becoming cloudy like we're living in this fog. He helps us to keep that crystal clear vision. And what's really important, the focus that really matters, it's him. And he guides and navigates the way through. And so when we keep our eyes fixed upon him, raised up to the hills, declaring his praises, and that's the declaration that's coming out of our lips, God's goodness, we are sure not to miss his perfect will for our lives. And so in regards to this service this morning, I'm praying about what the Lord wanted to do, and I felt like this time is so important for us to, to um, have a time of prayer and declaration over God's goodness. There's such power 
in words. When we speak, we're speaking things. Like even even though when we look in the I mentioned Genesis, how did the Lord create the earth? He spoke it into existence. And even our words now carry weight. They have a creative power within our very words. And sometimes, man, we throw words out, we sling them this way, and not, not, even, not even thinking about the consequences or what we're really meaning it. We're just letting emotion just drive our words. Not realizing we're overlooking the fact that our words are powerful. Our words have meaning. Um, some of you may have met our two-year-old foster daughter, Fatima, and um, the cutest little thing. She's been with us for um, a little over a year, and when she first came, she was 11 months old. And you know, when, when, they, when a child comes into foster care, uh, they, you don't know what, kind of, what they've been through, what they've seen. They come with some serious issues sometimes. So when she came into our house, whenever I came anywhere, not even near her, but if I was in the same room, she would start screaming at the top of her lungs, screaming. And I was no, she's way over there, and I'm over here. Just being in the room with her, she would scream. I would walk through the room if she ha- catch, caught a glimpse, glimpse of me screaming. So I don't know what it was that she had experienced, but it was something, and it was with most men. So something with, with guys, something had traumatized her. So she was carrying this with her. And, this, and you, you expect, oh, there's a time of transition, and, they, and then they finally kind of come out of that. But we're going on to two weeks. Three weeks, the same thing. We're living in the same house, and it's constant screaming. And so I, it gets to the point where, I mean, you know a baby scream is like, it just gets you to the, it's like scratching the nails on a chalkboard. Like at first, it's like, oh, it's a little baby. She needs to be changed. No. 30 minutes of that, you're, you're going up a wall. <laughs> but after these weeks are passing and there was no change, I said, you know something? This is not going to stand. This is, not, this is not right. I said, I'm going to make a declaration over this little girl's life, and you will be happy. <laughs> you, will, you will be joyful. You will be at peace. And so from that moment on, I did, I, I've started calling her happy. That's her nickname. We call her happy. Right, Belle? And so she, I would be carrying her around the house. She'd be screaming in my ear, it's okay, happy. You're happy now. You're good. She'd be screaming bloody murder, and I, <laughs> like tears coming down. You're happy. And I don't remember how long the transition took, but you know what? It wasn't, it was only a matter of time where all of a sudden she, peace began to come over her. And so she went from screaming to just being still. You're happy. How you doing? Happy. Good morning, happy. That's a declaration over your life. You're happy. <laughs> and so it went not only to this peaceful demeanor, but now it, see, it turned into a smile. And so now, whenever you walk by this little girl, you see this huge smile and these little, you know, these little eyes. She looks like a little emoji when she smiles. She's so stinking cute. And so I, I share this story just to demonstrate the power of a word. The power of a word. And so this morning, I want to, together with you, declare the goodness of God. Through our words, we declare the goodness of God. And now, it, not only is it words, but our words are, carry the weight of our testimony. You know, I, I was going through, um, Sulai and I, in our early, the early years of our relationship, we were going through a very difficult time. And, um, you know, struggles and foggy vision and just couldn't, 
couldn't quite get ourselves up and out of the rut that we seemed to be into. And this went on for a significant amount of time, so much so that I literally felt, some of you maybe have been there, literally just felt helpless. That I don't know, I can't get my head on straight. I don't know where I'm going. I, I can't, I can't um, get this clear vision. And I just needed some, I needed the Lord to intervene in some way. And so it was, it was such a heaviness and oppressiveness on me. I felt helpless that I was finally driven to the point. I remember being in a service one morning, one evening, and during the worship, I just said, okay, you know something, Lord? I need you to intervene. And so I said one of the scariest prayers that you can ever pray. I said, God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes for you to do in my life, bring me through this and do it. Release complete control. That's a scary prayer because you literally gave God control to do anything he wants to get you where he needed to be. And that was a scary prayer. But you know what? The moment, here's the crazy thing. The moment that I said that, it's like this heaviness of my chest is lifted. I could breathe. And this, this weight on my shoulders, it lifted. It was gone. It was so cool because it was one of those prayers that you pray and you feel that instant connection. This is, this is answered. And so I left that service and went back home and nothing happened. And then a week later, same oppression. It was great. <laughs> no, but here, here's, here's the, the awesome thing. Months go by, right? Sly and I end, end up learning uh, that we were going to have a daughter. And I was like, well, this is pretty cool. So we, I, <laughs> that's pretty cool. And so we're just going on. I'm not even thinking about what had happened. And, and um, so I'm thinking, okay, I understood. Okay, there's a power in not only a word, but a name. That's a declaration over somebody's life. So I'm like, I'm giving this to the Lord. I'm like, what is your, what is your declaration over this child's life? What is your word? And so I was determined. I, Sly and I, I remember we went to a, a baby name, a, a bookstore. We, we got one of those baby name books. It's got like 3,000, 5,000 names. We sat down. I'm like, I'm going to look through this entire book because it has to be just the right name. And so we're going through the A's and come to Arabella. We look at the meaning of Arabella's answered prayer. In, in that instant, the Lord downloaded in my spirit, this is the answer to that prayer you prayed months ago. And it's through this child you will, you will receive the answer to that prayer. And in that moment, I realized, God, you are good. God, you are good. You are a God who answers prayer. Because even when you don't see the change now, you will see the change. You will because it's all just part, part of the process. He brings us to, the, to, to this place where we will see the completion. He doesn't leave us hanging. That's not who our God is. And so he answered prayer in my life 13 years ago. He's answered prayers in, in each of our lives 20 years ago, 30 years ago. He he's, it has answered prayers in the lives of generations gone before us, back to answering the prayers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And today in Graceway Church, God is a God who answers our prayers. This is our God. And this is the declaration that I'm making before you today. Our God is a God who answers prayers. Is that right, Clark? In Lou's life, God answers prayer. So uh, another, another tidbit, what I'm going to do, and this will be kind of fun, I think, is um, I'm going to have a couple people 
come up and share a testimony of something that God has done in their life. The power of word of a testimony. Um, and the first person I'm going to ha- have come up is uh, Sly. She's going to tell you about um, another story that we went through, actually with, with Arabella. No. So I'll pick it up where he left it. So this bundle of joy, a uh, little baby girl. And some of you know this um, story, but... It's an amazing testimony over Arabella's life. So we know that her name means answered prayer. And I have this little baby girl, and we're all excited. And within two months of her life, she was diagnosed with bacterial meningitis. And so I have this screaming little two-month-old. I don't, I'm a new mom. You know, she's screaming, pacifier, bottle, burping, change, like all this stuff. Nothing's working. And so I lay down, and I just felt the Lord say, just bring her. There's something wrong. So I did that in the middle of the night, and as soon as we walked in, the doctors, without even doing a spinal tap, they said, this child, we know that it's meningitis just because of her scream. They knew that that's what she had. So, of course, new mom, everything's that could possibly, you know, that like that song, you, you you, you know, shake your fist to heaven and God do something, you know, and and all along when it's us who have to change, it's us who have to do something, right? Um, and that's something I surrender to the Lord. So um, she's in the Hasbro's children room, and they do a spinal tap. It's the worst scream that you could ever hear from an infant. I've never heard a baby cry like that. Um, they come back. They said, we have to admit her. We're there for two weeks. Um, really long story short, they started treating her with generic antibacterial medicine just to cover any kind of spectrum of anything that could happen. Um, they said she will probably um, be deaf. Um, she will probably have atrophy in her legs because of the shots that they're giving her. Um, so through all of this, I'm just going through the motions. I'm not thinking of declaring of a word over her life. I'm not thinking of anything. I'm just going through the motions. My baby is sick. She could die. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm here. My parents are in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I have no clue, no clue, no clue. So all this stuff, you know, it's just fogging, fogging, fogging. And so um, we're there in the hospital, test after test, blood after. So this little baby went from the most smiling, you know, baby in, in, in a month and two months to completely pale, um, didn't look like herself. And so she's just laying there, almost lifeless in this in this crib, and I'm in the hospital, and all I'm doing is just taking notes, taking notes, taking notes, trying to figure out how can I possibly fix this. She's my baby, right? We all take this kind of like ownership over things and people sometimes. She's my child. How can I fix this? And so nothing that the doctors are doing is working. She still remains the same. They do another spinal tap. It's still foggy. Her liquids are still foggy. Nothing's working. Um, and so one afternoon, I just broke just broke and cried. I picked her up and I was ready. I said, Lord, if she's deaf, I can learn sign language. If she's an atrophy, then I will wheel her in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. I don't care, but just don't let her die. And so I just picked her up and I was just, my heart was breaking and I knew something was going to happen, but I didn't know what. I knew either she was, the Lord was going to take her or or she was going to live with some condition. So I picked her up, I held her in my hands and my arms, and I remember just just facing towards this window in the room, and I just broke. I started crying. I knew that I was saying goodbye to my daughter for something else, and I um, I said, Lord, I get it. <laughs> She's not mine. 
She's not mine. She's yours. I get it. If you need to take her, she's yours. And if you keep her here with me, she's also yours. She's not mine to keep. So I dedicated my daughter in that moment to the Lord. I just prayed over her. I thanked the Lord for the time that she was with us. I prayed that he would reveal um, what purposes she had in those two short months. And I just dedicated her over and presented her to him. And I just said, have your way, Lord. Have your way. I dedicate this child back into your arms from the very place that she came back into your arms. And I laid her down. Um, within a few hours, we just, you know, so exhausted and friends are coming in and out. And um, a good friend of Ed was visiting and they had gone out. I just I said, I need some time. And they came back in and we said goodbye to friends. We're just sitting there in just this quiet room. And all of a sudden, we look over the baby, and I'm crying, and her cheeks just started to get rosy. And I'm like, are you seeing this? <laughs> Am I seeing things? Is my mommy vision just wanting to see things so badly? Her cheeks started to get rosy. She started moving her legs a little bit, started just opening her eyes. And so they called the doctors right away, come in, you have to see this, what's happening? And I'm like, well, it could be the medicine. It could be. And I'm like, no, it's not the medicine. I know that God did a work in this child's life. I know that something's happening. And so they're like, okay, tomorrow we'll do more tests. They do more tests the next day. Um, another spinal tap. And it came back clear. Completely clear. I was in there when they did her last spinal tap. I wanted to hold her through everything. And this liquid that was foggy came back completely clear. And they said, we still have to give her medicine. I said, that's fine. That's fine. You give her whatever you want. But I know that God's healed her. And to this day, this little 13-year-old teenager now, excuse me, <laughs> not a little girl, um, she has done gymnastics and bends in ways that is very weird. And she does ballet. So no atrophy whatsoever. We praise God for that. Her legs, her our extremities are completely fine. Her ears, only selective hearing is the problem in this case. <laughs> Because she's a teenager, but she can hear if a pin drops upstairs. <laughs> if it's you want to go shopping, oh, I can hear you. <laughs> Clean your room. No, nah, I can't hear you. Uh, but we praise God for that because this is such a miracle. And the answered prayer, Arabella, making that declaration over her life from the very beginning, not knowing what the Lord had, but just trusting him. And even when we're shaking our fists up to heaven saying, God, why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you doing something? Why are you healing? Why aren't you taking the sickness away? Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't we doing something, making that declaration and saying, God, I trust you. I dedicate my life to you. I dedicate yeah. my family, my children, because it's yours. Every single thing that the Lord has given us, we give right back because that's who it belongs to. Yeah. And before you go, um, can you actually pray that into the church, that everything that we have is his, all of this is his, and so that his will be done in this place with his own things? Sure. Father, I thank you. I thank you for new beginnings. I thank you for what you're doing here amongst us, Father. I thank you that, that you're a God that never leaves us or forsakes us, that you're with us through every single step of the way, even when we don't think you are or feel like you are, you are still with us. Father, as we move into this new year, I just pray over this church, Lord. I pray over every single family in this church, every single member, every single person that has ever walked through these doors, God, I pray and declare over their lives 
just an abundance health. Father, provision over their lives, Lord. As we walk together in unity, being guided by your spirit, oh God, I pray that you would continue to do the mighty work that you have started here at Graceway Church already. We are just coming along and saying, Lord, continue on. We are ready and we are saying yes and amen. We are ready to continue to move forward into the plans that you have for this community, God. And so we declare this morning, Father, your love, your grace over every single person in this family. From the, from the youngest one to the oldest one, Father, I just pray an abundance of love and grace over every single person, God. May your love just shower down. May we just remember that our fists don't shake up to heaven, but that it's in us that we need to make that declaration over our own lives. And say, God, here I am. I give it all. It's all for you. And so I just pray over this community, God. I pray over Graceway Church and every single person in this family that you have knitted here for a purpose and a time such as this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sly. And so the word of our testimony isn't just a statement of what happened. It's a statement of who God is. And because it's a statement of who God is, it's a statement of what is to come because God doesn't change. If that's who he was yesterday and last year, that's who he is next year and the year following. This is our God. Let our declarations of who he is be accurate. Let that carry power and acknowledge the power of your word and what that's creating. Um, I'd like to invite Miss Jackie to come share some of her story with us. She said she'd give it a try, so let's see. <laughs> I gotta get out of arm's reach just in case. Uh. <laughs> Hi everyone. Um, I'm gonna try and get through this, so just bear with me. Um, God has done many things in my life, but I, for many, many years, I felt that God didn't love me. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go back to my childhood or anything like that, but I'm going to start when my daughter was 18 years old. Um, she always wanted to ride a motorcycle. So one day, this guy told her he, she could ride on the back of his motorcycle. And it was a Harley Davidson. So she did. So he went down 3rd Street near the Navy Hospital, and he was going 80 miles an hour in a 25-mile-an-hour zone. And she went right into, uh, well, it went right into a sideswiped a, a car. And she was thrown into a telephone pole, and her just about every bone in her body was broken, her spleen, everything. So they called me, and I went to the Newport Hospital, and she was there. And she died. So that was the beginning. And then <clears throat> my daughter, Lori, she had a little baby boy. And he was, he was just so sweet. But he was born without intestines. And for seven months, I went back and forth to the Rhode Island Hospital, you know, to hold him and rock him. He never had a Bible, a bottle. He, he was on tubes the whole time he was there. 
He had seven surgeries, and he died. And that was the beginning of me actually feeling like God wasn't there because, you know, you pray, you beg, you beg, yeah. and still yeah. nothing. So then <clears throat> within a month, my father died. And he was just like, you know, my rock. So in, within a couple of months, I lost two people. <clears throat> a few years back, my son got cancer. He had it for four years. And for four years, I traveled back and forth to Boston. And uh, <laughs> he was my heart. He was my only son. I had two girls and a boy. And he was my heart. And he, he was just really spiritual. And he'd say, Mom, don't worry about me. I know where I'm going. He would go, and he'd go into bars, and he'd, you know, and speak to, um, to people there. And, you know, he was just amazing. And he was a big guy. He was like six foot seven. And I know James, I don't know if James is here. James <laughs> knew him. Scott. He was a big guy. And uh, but he had such a soft heart inside, and he just would go all over and just try to, you know, get the word out about God. But he, you know, when he died, you know, I, it just my heart just died inside for a while. And I had people, a few people, telling me to go to um, go to church at Graceway, go to church. Go to, no, no, no. God doesn't love me. Why would he let me, you know, my father and everything. My brother died too. You know, you know, all this through this time. So finally I decided to come to Graceway. And in the beginning, you know, I was would sit right in the back there, and as soon as the service was out, I was out the door. I mean, as fast as my legs could carry me, I was out the door. I didn't want to get involved in anything. I, I wanted to listen to the word. And, of course, Pastor Mike, you know, he was so forceful, you know, almost as good as you. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Take that from the record. Don't let that get to uh. <laughs> So anyway, um, <clears throat> but I came and I kept coming and um, I kept coming. And then two years ago, my husband was a, and this is a message to you guys, you older guys that want to get out there and shovel snow, don't do it. My husband had a stroke. He, he lasted a week in a coma, and he died. So here I was afterwards, and I went to Pastor Mike, and, he, and I said to him, I said, how can you tell me God loves me? He doesn't love me. He doesn't. He hates me. I walk around with a black cloud on, over my head every day. And he says, he does love you. He does love you. He says, things happen to people. I says, happen? I said, when is it going to stop? Enough's yeah. enough, yeah. you know? So anyway, um, now I'm trying to get, <clears throat> get myself together here. Um, so after my husband died, 
I went to the doctors and they found an aneurysm in my stomach. And I thought, well, this is nice. God really loves me. Boy, thanks, Lord. And I had to go back for testing and I had to have a, a sonogram and all that stuff. So after a few months, I went back. I had gone a couple of times. I went back and they did a sonogram. And of course, some of the people at the church prayed over me too. And so uh, the girl was giving me the sonogram and she said, this is weird. I can't find it. And I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, now where is it gone? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that was my faith. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> she kept trying to find it. She couldn't. She said, well, I'm going to have the radiologist read this. And, I, and, and then they wanted, I had to go back a week later and do it again. It was gone. It was absolutely gone. Miracle. The radiologist sent me the, you know, the test, the, the results, and it was gone. And I couldn't believe it, you know, because so much had happened to my in my life that I, I just didn't believe it. And I went to Pastor Mike and I said, "Why?" I said, "When I begged and begged for my children, my grandchild, my husband, I said I begged you and begged you, you know, begged God to." to heal them, and they wouldn't do it. And then he turns around and heals me. And he said to me, Jackie, he wants you to know he, he loves you. Yeah. So now I know he loves me, you know, and, and it changed my whole outlook on everything, mm -hmm. on everything. Now I'm here at church. You can't get rid of me. You can't get <laughs> rid of me out of this church. You've made that very clear. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to tell all of you that when you go through things, God is there. Yeah. He is there. And yeah. I mean, there are things that happen. Yeah. And, uh, but he, he is. He's yeah. a loving God, and mm -hmm. he has helped me through a lot of things. So, mm -hmm. And you at Graceway especially, all of you have been here for me. Mm -hmm. That I, If I know you, you've been here for me. But anyway, thank Amen. you very much. Can I pray with you before you head down? Okay. Let's pray, church, shall we? Father, I thank you so much um, for your goodness, God, and for your faithfulness. And I thank you for Jackie and the way that you have gone to the lengths to demonstrate your love over her life, Lord. I know that you are love. That's what your word tells us, that God is love. And you make your love clear and evident in our lives, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that your blessing would continue to flow into her life, God, and that you would speak to her, God, in those quiet times, God. Speak to her, God, in her heart and mind continually drawing her closer to you, Father God, strengthening her in the name of Jesus Christ, that she can carry your message of love to all those around her that you, that you uh, bring across her path. God, we pray in this church, Lord Jesus, that that love would resonate, God, within this place, God, resonate from this place, Lord God, and that that love would be experienced by all within our reach, God. We love you and thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Jackie. <clears throat> um, I'm just going to take, um, we'll do one final testimony just because of the time. We'll do two more minutes and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, Cisco, I was going to ask if you come forward and come share something that the Lord has done in your life. <clears throat> Thanks.
Hello, everyone. As my friends down in New Orleans would say, I'm so glad y'all are here to see me today. <laughs> and I won't go all the way back to my childhood, but I first really came to Jesus in, in when I was 17 in a little mission down in the French Quarter in New Orleans. Two minutes, we got two minutes. And, uh, okay, two minutes. We did say, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, after the intermission, they can ask questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I, again, I'm a miracle, really, to be here today. I think because uh, uh, I managed to go through the military, get get out of the military without getting killed. I've had several things in my life: motorcycle accidents, house fires, things that have not actually uh, hurt me. They've strengthened me along the way. They haven't wavered my uh, faith in God. Mm -hmm. I always, uh, I, I I aren't always perfect, of course. Uh, but just the most uh, recent thing is that I met Ed over at uh, Fringe Church. And um, after that, I had gone through uh, an accident where they had a plane crash out here. And uh, I saw the smoke and also I ran towards the aircraft and we ended up pulling a pilot out who was on fire. And uh, I ended up hurting myself and uh, went, had to go on disability. And uh, I didn't know why, but someone at Friends Church told me I was disabled. And I didn't think of it at the time, but it turned out to be true. At that point, I couldn't work anymore because I couldn't do the physical and mental uh, things that my job demanded. So I'm very happy to be here. And I've uh, since maybe about four years now, I've been coming here to uh, this church, which I, I think it's really great. It's helped me get back to the roots of family. And that's what I consider everybody here is my family. And uh, it's, good, it's good to be around the family. Um, most recently, the thing that occurred was I had a stroke in July. Now, believe it or not, I can talk. I can walk. I can, I'm back uh, able to walk long distances again. So it's really a miracle. And I don't know why God saved me, but I'm laying there on the floor and I can't talk and I can't do anything. And you know, uh, when you're having a stroke, it's no fun. You can't tell anybody what's wrong. You can't tell anybody to do anything. You can't move hardly. And then uh, I was very fortunate. So uh, the people I was with was uh, the American Legion Hall over in Warwick. And it was on a Sunday when I skipped out of church one day to go to one of their meetings. I don't like to miss them all. So I'm over there, and right away they recognized what was going on with me. So... It's important, I was told, to get you help immediately. If you're having a stroke, don't try to do it on yourself. If your lover or your, your mate is having a stroke, one of your children, whoever, your father, don't try to help them on your own. Call 911. That's the best thing to do because if they get you in there early enough, they can give you a drug, which they gave to me. I can't remember what it's called, but look, I'm here today. I can talk and walk again, and it's just a miracle. So. I'm just so glad to be here with Mr. Awesome. Ed. And Thank again, you. my name is Francis. So if, if we were equines, he would be the Mr. Ed, the talking horse, and Francis, the talking mule. So thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks. Watch yourself there. <laughs> thank you for sharing, Cisco. So family, I want it to be abundantly clear, and I think I, I hope we've achieved that goal this morning. Our God is alive and well and at work in our midst. Our God is a God who answers prayer. He's done it then. He's doing it today. He will do it tomorrow. And the cool part is this. We 
can participate in that by the declaration of our lips. Let our words speak life. Let our words speak the goodness of God and let him use that to work in the lives of of our family and those around us. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord Jesus, all glory be unto your name. I thank you, Father God, that despite ourselves, Father, despite our failings and our frailties, God, you remain who you are, constant, steadfast, all-powerful, all-loving, and a God who intervenes on the behalf of your people. And so, God, we go into this year declaring that the goodness of God will go before us, Father. We go into this year saying that you have prepared the way before we even step into a situation. You've been there setting things up that needed to be set up beforehand. And as we walk into it, God, you have you go behind us too, Lord God, to protect us on all sides. We believe in you fully, Lord Jesus. You have set a perimeter around us as your people. And I pray, God, that that perimeter around us, God, would be seen as a a light, Lord God, everywhere that we go, and that it would be evidence of the goodness and love of God, Jesus. So may we, we, we look forward and we praise you even today, God, for the ways that you work in our lives, God. This month, in February, in March, in the coming, in throughout this year, we praise you for the goodness that you're there already waiting for us. We love you. We praise you for all that you are. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Love you guys, you are dismissed.